0: Provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK.
1: Left, right, and center every Wednesday at this time. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer. Generally, Bob and uh, Jeff join us to discuss the uh, issues of the day from their differing political perspectives. And today we're going to take a look at the wind down of the war in Iraq. Jeff's had some very uh, strong feelings and made some strong comments about it on this program before, as has Bob. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I was looking at the television images there during the last break uh, of the Iraqis in uh, downtown Baghdad trying to pull down the statues of Saddam. Now, again, this may be some, you know, initial euphoria. We don't actually know what the long-term implications are going to be. But, Jeff, you were very outspoken in your opposition to this. Do you feel any differently now that, uh, that the Iraqis have been uh, apparently been liberated from Saddam Hussein and apparently seem to be quite happy about it?
2: Well, uh, I think everybody in North America that I've heard from the start has said that once the war started, we hoped it would end as soon as possible and with as few American casualties as possible. In fact, with as few casualties at large as possible. Having said that, it's it's remarkable how how things change because I think you know it was only a few weeks ago that we had heard that uh, the reason the United States didn't have to go to the UN on this, even though when the United States started the UN up, they had everybody agree to a thing uh, saying that. Uh, Nobody's going to go to war unless we all agree with it, unless it's self-defense. The United States said, "Well, uh, that's the thing here is that this is self-defense. That we have to have a, a proactive, preemptive strike against Saddam because he's got tons and tons of weapons of mass destruction, and that crazy so-and-so is just crazy enough to use it if he's ever use them if he's ever threatened. So we're going to take him out now because uh, you know he's going to attack us sooner or later with all those weapons of mass destruction. And I'm thinking we haven't heard any language about that lately. Within uh, once the war started and they weren't able to find any weapons of mass destruction, it became a war of." Liberty. Liberation. The problem with it as a war of liberation is that if that's what it is, then clearly uh, under the UN Charter, that the United States had everybody signed, you can't go to war to liberate a country unless everybody else agrees to it. So they have to sort of make up their mind which it is. Having said that, you know, once you win, you make the rules. Somebody talked once about how history is uh, is recollection written by winners, and uh, in this case, uh, there's going to be a euphoria for the next while about uh, about the fact that they've won. Of course, it was never in doubt. Um, you know, that this is the only superpower in the world up against a country whose weapons are all from the 80s, you know, that since the sanctions happened uh, at the end of the Gulf War, they haven't been able to modernize any of their weapons, nor should they have. I'm glad they couldn't. but it was never uh, uh, in doubt as to what was going to happen. What I find kind of scary, though, now is that uh, now we start to hear Richard Pearl and uh, Paul Wolfowitz and uh, James Wolseley and the neoconservatives say, "Well, next on the list is Syria. Now we have to go after Syria." And I think, "Well, what are we getting into here?" Uh, we had uh, yeah, we're not getting into
1: anything. The Canadians well, aren't doing anything.
2: Well, I don't know. The polls are suggesting Canadians want to get involved in all this. And I had listened to David uh, Halberstam, I think his name is, mm-hmm. was a uh, an American journalist in the Vietnam War who said, uh, I think we've stuck our fist into the biggest hornet's, nets in the, hornet's nest in the world. And he said, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see if we can get out of it uh, or how we're going to get out of it, what is the exit strategy. But I think the, the the thinkers who hold sway in the United States right now are thinking this is just the beginning. We had James Wolseley last week give a speech, uh, former head of the CIA, who's going to be the information minister in the new Iraqi government, give a speech saying this is the start of World War IV, uh, he says that World War III was the Cold War. World War IV is going to be the eradication of Muslim fundamentalism uh, throughout the world. And uh, I just think, holy cow, this is—if uh, this is the start—and that's where it's all going. Uh, it's going to be—it's going to be a pretty rocky next uh, couple centuries, decades.
0: Uh, I don't know what point Jeff is trying to make, but I think I, the overall <laughs> point is that
2: you don't go sticking your your fist into a hornet's nest.
0: Um, yeah, you, you put your whole body into it and you stay there for a while. I honestly yeah. believe the Americans will be in the East for the next century or so. We've, they've been in Europe for the past century. Mm-hmm. They have to be. They're the only civilized nation in the world. So The United States is the only civilized nation Pretty much, nation in the world. yes. It's the only country in the world that was ever based on civilized principles. No, it was based on a, a king hand-me-down system coming the other way, top-down. The American system was built bottom-up from the American Revolution on. Well, if Canada's not civilized, However, are there
2: any civilized European nations?
0: Not in a strict sense. They're all kind of totalitarian, and that's why a lot of them supported. Uh, the other side in the war, and they 've got investments in there, Russia and France and Germany are owed billions by Iraq, and therefore their interest in the war is totally self interest no but principle in at hand. all it
2: must be civilized though uh,
0: relative to the others, yes, and compared because. to us and but that you know civilization is a move from the collective to the individual, the more an individual right is recognized. In a society, the more civilized that society is, everyone's not forced to conform to one style of living, one religion, one whatever. That's that's previous stages, you know, pre-civilization. Um, I mean, there's the the there's barbarians, there's savages, there's these are all levels of of quote civilization that we discovered through history and some of the world just has not caught up to the concept of individual rights but the u.s has sent a powerful message to the whole world community right now bush made it clear from day one he's going to fight terrorism wherever he finds it well wherever he finds to sponsor in states. and when you're talking about weapons of mass destruction remember more people got killed in two hours on 9-11 by three airliners being smashed into the buildings than the first two and a half weeks of the war.
2: And what does Iraq have to do with 9 uh, 11?
0: Uh, well, I think everything. The first thing I thought when I saw those buildings come down was Saddam Hussein. I thought, nothing else. And then all of a sudden they started talking about this guy named Osama bin Laden. I said, what an interesting distraction. And, and you know, you realize there's sponsor states behind all, all of these activities. Weapons well, Saddam, of mass is, destruction either, can be anything. Saddam
2: is either dead or he's going to be dead very shortly.
0: They're uh, relevant. no question about that. relevant.
2: So, well, but if 9-11 was caused by Saddam, then won't we have solved the problem?
0: No, because... To blame this whole thing on one man and to blame a whole society's existence. You you know, former Prime Minister uh, of Britain, John Major, was talking on the Larry King show one time, talking about how in downtown Baghdad there is between 100,000 and 200,000 basically Nazi Gestapo-like police who do nothing but terrorize the city. That's their job. That's a city almost the size of London, Mm -hmm. Being implanted in another city to do nothing but terrorize. Well, they're going to
2: be gone now, too, aren't they?
0: Well, uh, let's hope so, but that's all. But but they they still, no, because they still believe in that philosophy. You've got to change the the people who were into doing that.
2: Well, no, but if they're they're gone then you've got 26 liberate, million well, liberated people they'll all be on our side they'll be our buddies so there won't be a problem well they over. may
0: be contained but they're still going to try and organize and they're going to they're going to turn to terrorism the that's Iraqis? the only weapon. no the, the the cliques of the rulers that will still be left they haven't killed every one of them a lot of them are escaping with the civilians you can bet they're to where? still going to continue agitating
2: to where to wherever they can go well i haven't heard of any mass exodus out of iraq of anybody i don't think any other, other countries have opened their doors to well they uh, exodist
0: out of baghdad that's the first exodus right. that, that i
1: saw. Coming back, though.
0: I imagine so, yeah. yes. Yeah. So so you're still going to have those influences there, and that's why there's going to have to be a Western presence well, well, there for for decades ha, to come.
2: Ha, ha, let me ask you this, and, and this point is made, I guess, by both sides, the Arabs and the Americans. They say that borders in the, in the Middle East are sort of irrelevant in the sense that most of them were created after World War One by, by England and France, and that they look at the Arab people as being sort of a broader collective. The Ba'ath Party sees itself as being in all the countries over there. Uh, in fact, I think it was started in Lebanon, I think, and... Uh, but uh, how many how many of those countries should uh, should we in the West conquer before we got the problems? Well,
0: solved? I remember last week after the show ended, Jeff, or, or two weeks ago, you said the Americans should go right into Africa and start taking care of some of Congo. That's yeah, my hot hotspot. Uh, right well, there there. Why uh, are you advocating thousand, that?
2: A thousand people massacred in Congo last Thursday, and uh, two million killed over the last four years. And I'm thinking, well, if this is or if we're into liberating countries, why don't we go liberate those guys? They're the ones who are actually being killed by millions uh, by their government. Why is it, why is Iraq at the top of the list if we're just going to start? liberating bad countries.
1: Because there were no Congolese on those aircraft.
2: Well, that's pretty much what it. What aircraft?
1: The 9-11? World Trade oh, there
2: was no Iraqis on them either. There were lots of Saudis and Egyptians. Should we go into those countries? There was what? no Iraqis, just to be clear. There's no Iraqis on those airplanes.
0: Well, that's the nature of subterfuge and... And terrorism is that you are trying to mislead the enemy. So, you know, how do you fight a war when you don't know who's declared it against you? That's why it's an mm-hmm. unconventional war from day one. Well,
2: nobody's declared war anyway. I
0: think also the message that Bush has sent is we, he's not going to be fooled by that literal concrete nonsense.
2: Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> if it's the case that, there, that, uh, as the UN had said, that uh, after a decade of inspections, there weren't weapons of mass destruction in An any irrelevant to... issue. That well, was the UN issue. Let me ask the question, if I could if it's the case that there were not weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that there were not these missiles that could shoot uh, chemical weapons over at Israel and so on. Uh, what, if any, difference does that make to the fact that that's why the United States went in there in the first place?
0: A weapon of mass destruction can be the money that is used to finance weapons of mass destruction in other states. Mm-hmm. A weapon of mass destruction can be something as small as a packing knife, which is what the terrorists use on so, those planes. So if it turns out they it's didn't the have action any, that, that
2: doesn't make any difference. Well,
0: in a in previous show, again, you said a weapon of mass destruction didn't count until you got to the half million mark. Well, I think... No, I never weapons. said anything like that at all. Well, Although one thing that occurs to me is that I don't,
2: that two million people have been killed in Congo, and I, and I don't think anybody's got any weapons of mass destruction over there. I guess they use guns and machetes. Uh, that You can certainly destroy masses with, with those things. You're right about that. But again, you may be saying there. that it doesn't matter Oops. what he had. It doesn't, who, doesn't matter who, whether he's involved in 9-11. It doesn't matter whether he had weapons of mass destruction. He was a bad guy. He oppressed his people, therefore we're glad to see him gone. And maybe it's as simple as that. Jeff, I don't
0: know. when the Americans went into Iraq, did you see the monuments they had tonight 11 there, they had that building of, of the Trade Center Tower, beautiful mural painted with the plane smashing into it. Well, I think Anybody that, that would paint that, up, that's such a sick, sick society of... that would put something like that on a mural and expect people to admire it. Well, are there's we at war with society wrong. now? I
2: guess well, the other thing is there are a lot of people the government, in the obviously, who are not unhappy about nine eleven, which is a terrible thing, but that's reality. The fact that some guy painted a single painting, and I saw that painting as well, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that you go in and conquer the whole country,
0: I don't think. I didn't say that was the reason they went in. I'm just saying well, that's an evidence of what you're... You're looking for some kind of justification and terrorism and dictatorship and slaughtering 100 people a day, each day of the year for the past 12 years. That's well, nobody a, that's suggests a,
2: that the, the Saddam has done that. Certainly the sanctions well, have done his, that. His, the sanctions, come on. Well, people why have we, starved and people have not their And been why were the medicine. sanctions placed
0: on Iraq? Like y- you just To contain him, which it was, which which they was did very, very
2: effectively. So well, I don't the think United it was that when there, the newest tanks they had were from the 1980s. They had no uh, planes left. Everything was left from the 1980s. We contained them beautifully and made them a sitting duck, easy target. That's true. Which isn't to take anything away from the American soldiers, by the way. Like, uh, fundamentally, we all are in support of, of the American people. But what I disagree with is neoconservative politicians and there are an awful lot of Americans. Well, that's your too. only disagreement. But is, having you said that, them on anything. The other question, though, is that. How far are we going to let these guys take us into these other countries? Are we going to go with them into Syria? Are we going to w- go with them into Lebanon? Are we going to go with them into Iran? They say that the government. So, Goes away, you mean to- Canada? Yeah, is Canada going to follow the state? Well, can- I do Canada if, going, going anywhere. If the most governed, we will be. Well, what's wrong with that? You liked it when the poll well, said we question. shouldn't. Maybe there isn't anything wrong with that. Should we go? How many Canadians should die to take over Egypt? To take over somewhere? Well, Syria? that's how not far far for you and I go? to determine.
0: That's why one of the key don't criteria a of a free society a vote, is that you we? have to have a volunteer army. You know, you can't vote someone into I conscription. It's an to vote for the government vote. who decides whether they go or not.
1: Well, we do, don't
2: we? Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, right now we have, and uh, a lot of people aren't happy about that, it sounds mm-hmm. like. And, and to take away, uh, you know, everybody is happy with winners. Everybody wants to be a winner. Everybody wants to identify with winners. Aside from that, the question is, if these guys, Pearl and Wolfowitz, uh, want to seriously go into Syria, and they want to go into Iran, and they want to just take on, uh, you know, the Middle East in turn in all these countries, how far should Canada go? Well, in first America? of all,
0: you assume it's all going to be military. I don't think it has to be. If the U.S. plays its cards right in Iraq, Iraq will be the example that the other states will want to emulate. You won't have to send armies over there. They'll be sending their oh, no, experts no, over to learn have, how the heck going to do it. We already have the perfect
2: example of how they handle it. We have Afghanistan. No, I mean, Afghanistan. They're, no, going, into Afghanistan. they're not, going to liberate the totally people ir- from the Taliban, and going to bring them freedom. That was what they said at the time. No, maybe they didn't mean it. I don't know. But that's what they said at the time. They also said, by the way, the guys who did the bombing of 9-11 did come from Afghanistan. That's where they trained. That's where their bases were. And that's where the guy still lives.
1: We have to pause for a moment. We'll continue our discussion on left, right, and center. I'm going to go and get a coffee. I'll be back in 10 or 15 (laughs) minutes.
0: This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290, CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listen.
1: Two of London's more interesting people with us today, Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, joining us as they do every Wednesday on Left, Right, and Center. Been a lively discussion today about what's happening in Iraq, and uh, as I said, I'm going to go get a coffee. I'll be back. You guys (laughs) take it away. Uh, Jeff, I want to come back again to, uh, I want to ask you a question that, uh, relative to what might happen certainly there and you you've mentioned mr. Pearl and uh, mr. Wolfowitz but they, they are not they are not the crafters of American foreign policy they are presidential advisors uh, mr. Bush and and uh, mr. Rumsfeld and, and mr. Powell are the fellows who are going to make the calls on this thing and they're sort of the uh, attack dogs Pearl and Wolfowitz uh, although they do have the president's ear, there's no question but do you not see any way that the Americans can turn this to their advantage? Oh, sure
2: and you know listen I there's nobody who's a bigger fan of the Marshall Plan than I am and with what the Americans did after World War II to, with uh, Germany and Japan I think that those are the models of how you influence world opinion and those are the models of how you bring democracy to other countries it's just been unbelievably successful and uh, and uh, a couple things one is that first of all uh, they were able to, to radically change societies that were just fundamentally dysfunctional uh, you know Japan had come up to speed extremely quickly from uh, 1850 or whatever it was when uh, the black ship went into Tokyo mm-hmm. Harbor um, you know to a western style of government which then was was flawed and uh, dominated by their military the United States has just done an amazing job but the way they did it though was by bringing aid rather than by uh, rather than by uh, coming in and kicking butt and moving on and it, it since oh, wait, that a minute, time,
1: wait a minute they destroyed these countries well, so did we Again, yeah no, but then, then their they to fight.
2: Them. yeah well that's yeah. Not, Not just it.
1: their ability to fight, they destroyed the countries on a scale that, that uh, the, uh, Iraq, is. there's no comparison. Well, that's right, are.
2: that Iraq had nothing like the military
0: capability of Germany or Japan. No, no but they no. Had the no. problem in World War II is that both sides were fairly evenly matched in terms of their military right. capability. Those are the worst, most devastating wars you right. can have. So this isn't that kind so of war. So when you have, but exactly, when one side is... So immensely superior, I mean here the u s has proven to the world that they 've run a limited and restrained war with with weapons that can target from thousand miles away oh, right through the window they want to put it no, through
2: it's a, it, oh that's just changed it 'll end up everything. having been a cakewalk no but fundamentally i would have I would have been put it this way, we keep saying the Americans have a chance to turn things around, the Americans have a chance to start to change their, their uh, way they're perceived in the Middle East but they, they, they haven't done it yet where it's a question of when are they going to start. If I had seen in the budget that uh, George uh, Bush took to Congress a couple weeks ago here's $100 billion set aside for rebuilding in the Middle East you know, that would have been a strong show that we're not just there for the war because he did get $90 billion to to uh, prosecute the war mm-hmm. but he didn't ask for anything for rebuilding mm-hmm. and when I look at that... That's I not what I
0: remember. I remember him getting several billions for rebuilding and he had... No. they They had enough money being poured in to feed Iraq for six months.
2: Well, first of all, the, most of the feeding has been done by the UN for the last decade, but aside from that, even if it is three billion, and I don't think it is, but if it's three billion compared to 90 billion, that's my point, that again, if you're going to come in and rebuild a country that's been devastated for the last decade, everybody says that the country's in a mess, you know, its, it's sanitation mm-hmm. is terrible, all these things, then put your money where your mouth is and say, we're going to put this money up. The other brilliant well, thing about I don't, it is, I if, I can just finish, if I can just in. finish that, is that the great thing is that this is not a poor country. This is a wealthy country, and you can take it as a loan. So if you give them $100 billion to rebuild, get the infrastructure back together, get everybody happy with the United States, all kinds of images of happy faces and new housing and so on, you, this is a country that's got, you know, what a, is it, a third of the oil reserves mm-hmm. in the whole world. They can afford to pay for it in the long run and pay the United States back that's a way that they can get people on board and start to show it as a model of democracy but if well, they don't put that money in out front that's, that's gonna there's be- going to be images of of what we have right now, which is the massive looting, uh, you know, the, the problems that they're having in Basra, the fact that they can't get water, all these kinds of things. So to me, if I were the states, if I were George right now, I'd say, here's $50, $50 billion. Don't take my word for it. Actions take talk louder than words. And don't take what we did in Afghanistan as a model, because we're not going to do that again. Do,
1: if he does do that, are you going to be satisfied that he's doing the right thing?
2: Well,
0: uh, no, I, I would I disagree with it. I don't think dumping government money into it's going to do it. You want to encourage investment. And to encourage investment, you have to first have have the infrastructure and the legal system in place that will. Per- that's what the states has to do. They have yeah. to create a, quote, democracy. Mm-hmm. So you have a court system that will honor a contract that will say, yes, this man has, owns this plot of land and nobody else can take it. But, but yes, then, if you invest in this oil company, we're not going to nationalize it on mm-hmm. you five years down the line. That's what's going to make those countries boom. But if they stick to their statist ways and their government run and controlled ways, the Mideast is going to be an eternal nightmare.
2: So fundamentally, again, there is an t- opportunity for them to, to turn things around. But again, we'd have to see a substantial change in their thinking. And uh, right now, uh, uh, I read an article in the uh, Independent uh, British newspaper yesterday talking about the difference between the British when they switch into the role of peacekeepers versus Americans. And I've read the same thing about Canadians in Afghanistan. And they talked about how if the Americans are going to start to be respected as peacekeepers, they've got to get out of the tanks and get in and get meeting people and so on. And they mentioned how the uh, the British in Basra, one of the first things they did is to take off their flak jackets when they go in to do the peacekeeping, mm-hmm. and they said the reason is because the Arab culture respects courage, and they see them walking in there without the flak jackets and getting to know them. Whereas uh, they said the Americans tend to be buttoned up in their in their tanks with the flak jackets. And I re- heard the same thing, or read the same thing about the Canadians in Kandahar at the airport when they took over the um, security for the airport from the Americans. And they said the first thing they did was the Canadians went outside the perimeter wire and they went out to meet the people in the town around them, and they went out, they struck up a soccer game, and and out to try and sort of develop this relationship. And they said the Americans just don't do that at all, that they they, they feel they have to be behind the barbed wire with the flak jackets and in a, in a hunkered down mode. And there's some good reasons for that. But fundamentally, if they're going to start to be liked in the Middle East and respected and trusted in the Middle East, they've got to come up with funding off the bat to get things going in Iraq again. They've got to uh, get rid of a military government as quickly as they can. Coming in with, with uh, a government consisting of generals and the retired head of the CIA, you're just asking for people to be cynical about that. You know, to me, the state department should be running it and not the military. Uh, uh, and fundamentally you have to say we realized that Iraq wasn't or uh, Afghanistan wasn't the way to do things uh, we've we've blown it there but we're going to do it right here I'm, I'm really struck by the fact that you, you, you look So you're suggesting you want
0: to put a military regime into Iraq? Well, I've never they, heard that that's one That's what they said they're doing General, Well you have General to Garner do that, that for the first couple, couple of weeks or months Well, it's
2: not going to be weeks you've said yourself how long they're going to be there and uh, even General MacArthur was there in five not years for Japan run and it. in those days they had a Democrat in the White House and they did pour billions into Japan the, the the government is going to be there for a while. The other thing no, is the military right now, course, will be the, the government. Military, it will not be
0: a military government military are, just as the military, the military in, have, in Europe is not running Europe.
2: The military have brought in a uh, an Iraqi who they're touting as a potential leader who the State Department and the CIA are both saying don't go there, don't get that guy. And you'd think the Americans would have this stuff worked out in it in advance. They've got to get these things on message and get people together, but there's a cynicism I think in the world that the United States resorts too quickly to to the weapons uh, rather than the hard work of diplomacy. And fundamentally, they can do it. And, you know, Americans are good-hearted people. Twelve good years, twelve years the with wasn't long enough. They're eh? the most generous country in the world. They have those instincts, but what they have to do is insist that their president follow them. Bob, I'm going to give you the last word today because Jeff's had about two-thirds of them so far. Do
0: <laughs> well, I think I feel strongly uh, again, about this? <laughs> I think it could be a great danger pouring, quote, foreign aid into these countries because that creates more resentment than it does feelings of well-being it's again the old the old theory you know give a give a person a fish you can feed them for a day teach a man the fish you can feed them for a lifetime that's the kind of foreign aid that we should be sending over there to let them know why you know, our capitalist structure in the West works, why it produces the goods that people are always wanting, and explain it to them that you can't have dictators running around taking the resources of the country and misappropriate the, misappropriating them for nonproductive purposes. And once that message gets out, I think you don't have to support these countries. They'll be supporting us.
1: What do you think, the, final question for both of you, what do you think the odds are that the Americans will will do the right thing and turn this into an effective Exercise that'll benefit the people question, of Iraq. Good question,
0: because America is a democracy, and the Democrats might get in again. And if they get in again, I don't know how you're going to fix that, and and things will go backwards again. So, I don't know how you're going to fix that direction in place for a long period of time when you're when you're talking about a country that can change its own direction. What do you think the well? odds are? Well, odds? Well, I couldn't tell you odds um, right now. Even though I know that Bush has earned the incredible respect of of the public right now. Um, a post-war president often doesn't get elected, even, yeah, even if he wins. Same thing happened to Churchill. Yeah. Jeff, what do you think <laughs> the odds are?
2: Well, I think the odds are a lot better under the Democrats. Right now, the problem is we just haven't seen evidence that the Americans are moving in that direction. I'd love to think they will, and they certainly can, uh, but the direction right now seems to be not we're going to rebuild Iraq so much as now we're on to the next guy uh, uh, militarily, and that, uh, that uh, worries me. Gentlemen, thanks, both of you. Always a pleasure.
1: Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Metz with us today on Left, Right, And Saturday, we'll see you next week.